0: welcome to college soccer
1: nation the premier podcast focused on ncaa collegiate soccer featuring smu head women's coach chris petroselli and old miss head women's coach mad mod you can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider and if you like what you hear leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends now let's go to coach petroselli and coach mod
2: Welcome to College Soccer Nation. My name is Matt Mott, uh, one of the co-hosts of the show. We've got a fantastic show on tap tonight uh, here in, in the middle of November. And I certainly want to bring in my uh, co-host, or our
1: co-host, Coach Chris Petroselli. Chris, how are you tonight? Good, Matt. I'm, uh, I'm excited for a big show. This is a big, big show here. So, this is. And, and
2: let me just preview it a little bit. Yeah. So, um, first of all, our guest, everybody wants to know a guest. a guest is the esteemed Bill Hempen from Colorado State University. Uh, he's the head coach there. He's been to Duke. He's been to Colorado. Um, great, great coach. Great friend of the show. And and uh, we'll have a lot of fun with Billy here in, in a little bit. Uh, looking forward to that. And then uh, it is uh, November 11th, Chris, is Veterans Day, which, you yes. know. Yes. Because I'm a veteran, it's something very important to me. You know, I, I know you're not a veteran, so I don't know how important it is to you. But to me, it's very important. Military week. Um, and it's Veterans Day. So our Power Five is
1: top five military movies. Oh, should be interesting. Yeah. Now, let me, let, me, interesting. let me say this, Matt. Um, yeah. Usually on Veterans Day... At about six o'clock in the morning, you text me and say, how come you haven't thanked me for my service yet? How come I haven't heard from you about Happy Veterans Day? You know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do it two days early so <laughs> everybody That's can out. hear it. So, Matt, thank you for your service. Happy Veterans Day uh, hope, and, and happy, happy military week. And I, I hope it's a, a week that that you enjoy. But why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about your service? You know, well, first exactly of all, what you did and, and you know, everything involved in it. <laughs> we don't have that much time. But first of all,
2: I'm not accepting your, uh, I'm not accepting that because you <laughs> need to do it on Veterans Day. Why would you do it two days early? Do you tell people Merry Christmas two days before Christmas? You typically do. Yeah, you do. Uh, uh, you, you do. Sometimes you tell them <laughs> yeah. even after. Sometimes you even know. after you say Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, that's not a good example. But do you people tell people happy birthday two days before their birthday? How about that for an example? Right? Um, you don't say happy birthday two days before. No, you probably don't. You probably no, don't. No. So I expect. This is 11- like your
1: birthday. Veterans Day is like your birthday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I'm a, a very proud member, veteran of the United States Coast Guard. I spent
1: four years as a Coast that Guard is member. part of the military, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, certain times. Just anyway. I thought when they brought the, the Space Force on, they got rid of the Coast Guard. Is that not oh,
2: hilarious? <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, but anyway, so no, four years, I, I was in um, boot camp, finished second in my class in boot camp. Oh, now, wait and a second. <laughs> wait a second now. Boot camp. You told me about boot camp. You said yeah. it was the hardest boot camp out there. No, that's not true. I never said that. I said second hardest. Second hardest. Second right behind Marines. Look it up. Yeah. Check the
1: stats. Okay. Second hardest boot camp behind the Marines. Second behind all the rest. Yeah, behind all the rest. And you also told me that the thing that you did most during boot camp was practice with the band. Is that true? (laughs) I don't think I'd say most, but I did. I was part of the band. I,
2: I played saxophone for ten years, and and I got to be part of the marching band. That we got to leave base a couple of times. Went to McDonald's a couple of times when after we got done performing, of course. This is the tough parade that you were in. You were at McDonald's. It was, it was eight weeks, Chris. There's only a couple of days that we get to go parade, yeah, but it was it was okay. very enjoyable. So anyway, <laughs> then I went to I got stationed on Coast Guard Cutter Tampa, two hundred and seventy foot massive. Um, military boat which is very uh a really impressive piece of machinery if you were to see it but anyway we had a big gun on the front and we were and we were in charge of a lot of different things we had search and rescue we had drug drug ops we had um you know haitian immigration where we had to go and save a bunch of people from haiti and did that for two years then i got to go to uh, petaluma california for yeoman school which is kind of a um, you know, you you pick a field, and my field was that's kind of administrative, administrative okay. role, desk job, desk job, yeah, yeah, a little desk okay. job, and then yeah. I got stationed in uh, in Buffalo at the small boat station in uh, in Buffalo, right downtown
1: Buffalo, where I finished out my time. Okay, great. so so I, I have a few questions for you. Um, yeah. Your daily life on the ship, uh-huh. like, what did you do? What did very, you do? Difficult. Very, very difficult, very difficult. Well, it just <laughs> depended
2: on the day. It dep- I mean, I was I was a uh, I was a, a seaman, so we, we did all kinds of that your of rank? Different. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, E3, E3, for those of you that are E3. military. Is that yeah. better yeah. than E4 or
1: worse than E4? 35.
2: That's worse than E4. You start out at E1, E2, E3, and you go on, 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 on okay. I'm surprised uh, right. you don't know this. But anyway, How many E's are there? I think it's 10, and ten. Uh, E10 is no joke. So you were like I mean, 30%. Right, just
1: kind of like your yeah, grades
2: in school. That's probably kind of fair. That's probably job. fair. <laughs> okay, yes. So, but we were, it depends. Were we, were we busting drug dealers that day yeah. or drug smugglers or were yeah. we saving lives? or yeah. It depended. You know, there a lot of things happened on the boat. You know, I was a lookout sure. for a long time. I, I drove the boat or steered the boat as part of my daily job. Um, sure. with, you know, obviously we had people up there telling us where to go and what to do. But uh, it, was, it, was very, it was
1: very, very, very exhausting, hard, hard labor. Okay, so we've established so far that um, they're a boot camp. You played the saxophone the whole time. And not the whole time. We on the boat. Now, now tell the truth, because if we <laughs> you yep. asked your wife what My wife was not say, there. You love that not, line, what but my she wife. Say, was not what did she say if we asked her what you did? <laughs> she said
2: she would say some of the time I painted because she saw some pictures of me painting. But she wasn't there. Painted like know. portraits? Or no, painted? painted the boat? Are
1: oh, you painted, painted the, boat. the ship? Painted the ship. Painted the yes. ship. Now you're yeah. painting the ship. I would, yes. Are, are you Are you painting with a brush or like a big sprayer or how are you painting the ship? Do you sand it down uh, first? Do you get a little yeah. a little sandpaper. Yeah, yeah you gotta sand it, Chris. You're gonna
2: paint. Have you ever painted before? Of course you sand. So you, you sand. sand. It. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Were you a sander or a painter or both? <laughs> both. Both. You did both, yes, man, man of many talents. You, mean, you, yeah, you want to talk about that? Or you want to talk about when I was saving lives, huh? When I was pulling people out of the water? do yeah. you want to talk about? Or maybe well, I, I was I, I was jumping off the boat to save people's lives. You want to yeah, talk no, about no, that? One, no one really. Or, or when I was riding on the helicopter. You want to talk yeah. about that? Those are those are more of the my duties. You went for a helicopter ride. Okay,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> what about um, the Resting time swimmer, that I you ended up in uh, sick bay? <laughs> Right? Didn't you tell me about a time you had sick bed? <laughs> I did. And what yes, was that for?
2: Sunburn. Sunburn. This tough Coast Guard I think guy. I was Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, as yeah. an 18 year old, 19 year old kid. I lived in upstate New York my whole time. We went down, we had a big party in Guantanamo Bay, a ship's oh, party. This is, this I tough, how, how tough your life was. I didn't in the Coast wear my Guard. shirt the we got whole day. Back then, back then, I took my shirt off a lot. I wouldn't take my shirt off now, but I took my shirt <laughs> off a lot. I was a fit, ripped guy. And I was in a party all day, we're snorkeling, playing basketball, having a good time. No sunscreen, not one ounce of sunscreen in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Yeah. How stupid can you be? You're really? Stupid. So I got second degree sunburn. It's a real thing, Chris. It was no yeah. joke. It's no joke. <laughs> and I ended up in sick bay. Also, was in sick bay one other time when I got seasick. I got so seasick I passed out. Wait, you got seasick in the Coast been- Guard, and you got seasick? Yes. Oh, it's a real thing, Chris. That is for people who
1: don't go on the sea, but you're like supposed to be the man who goes. I was was, early on. I was getting used to it. All right, let's. Can we move on from the? I I just have one more question. One more question. Okay. All right. Um, Your Coast Guard uniform? Did you have like dress whites or khaki or like what? What's I don't even know Coast Guard uniform. Blue. Navy, Navy blue. Yeah. Yep. And the hat, what was the hat? You know how maybe white the sailors hat? Yeah, got yeah,
2: the little have, sailor yeah, yeah. hat like No, we had it? the white hat, kind of like it looked like Air Force. Our uniform is very similar to what Air Force looks like. Very similar. Uh,
1: oh. okay. All right. So you were trying to copy Air Force.
2: I didn't come up with the uniform, Chris. That they didn't they didn't ask, hey Matt, what kind <laughs> of uniform you want to wear? Like this is what the Coast Guard uniform is. Okay. They All came right. up with it well before me. Okay.
1: Uh, okay. All right. Very well distinguished. Matt, Matt, um yes. let me just say this. Um I do have a lot of respect for people who are in the military. Doesn't sound uh, like it. So uh, I can't thank you for your service because you told me I have to wait until Wednesday yep. to do that. Uh, but I, I am impressed with your ability to play the saxophone and paint the boat. <laughs> Thanks.
2: Chris. Yeah, that's very kind of you. Very kind of okay. you. All right, let's move on. So. This is a soccer show. College Soccer yes. Nation is the name of it. You can download it at Stitcher, Apple iTunes, any of those places. Give us a five-star review. I'm sure after that tirade from Chris, you won't give us any stars. But anyway, um, let's go on to – let's talk about conference tournament season because that's where we are.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we've had uh... – now really.
2: Today, all the regular season is completed for the fall, right? And, and today we've was got the last one day
1: completed, right? We've already had a, a conference tournament completed. That's in right. Sunbelt and yep. and tomorrow the ACC tournament starts, and and um, and the SEC starts uh, later in the week. So this is a um, you know it's a different time of year, right? This is this is different than the regular season, and and coaches have to go about it, I think, differently. Um, you know, I, I always said that uh, you know you got to kind of treat. Treat the games like they're all the same, they're all important, yet it's the first time your team plays in an environment where you win or you go home right and and I think that pressure is different and uh, and uh, players react differently to that and you certainly as a coach have to be aware of that and um, it's a um, it's a unique time of year for sure.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's the second season, I guess, especially this year when we all just played conference games. So second season, everybody's zero and zero, right? You have your seedings and then, uh, and now, like you said, you're playing and it's, it's, uh, you got to be prepared for every game and every minute and the the intensity and, and everything ramp, ramps up. Um, you know, I remember, you know, some of my fondest memories at Texas or the conference tournament where we were able to win a couple of them and, uh, it's just so fun. You know, I won one at UCF, which was just unbelievable. And if it's a funny story. So it was back in the nineties, early nineties. And I was coaching with Karen Hoppe at UCF and it was my first conference championship. And we won in Buies Creek, uh, North Carolina against Campbell Campbell. yeah. And back then there were no cell phones still, believe it or not. So I got to the pay phone. I called my parents. I was very excited. First championship, called my parents, my dad proceeded to call my brother and say, hey, uh, Matt just won the national championship.
1: <laughs>
2: that shows you how much they knew about soccer back then. So anyway, it was a conference championship. But no, it's it's exciting, right? There's a trophy at the end. Um, you know, everybody's really wanting to be a conference champion. And probably even more importantly than that, especially this year, it's an, an automatic qualifier into the NCAA tournament, which are like gold for this year of a
1: 48-team tournament. It does, uh, it does lend itself to uh, excitement, uh, drama. Um, Absolutely. You know, and certainly with, with, the, with the NCAA tournament bid on the line, uh, there's so much more at stake. So, again, you always want your players to sort of treat the games the same all the way through, never get too high, never get too low, and all that kind of stuff. But when you get to this time of year, it ramps up, you know, you, and you can't hide from that. Well, and now you bring in penalties,
2: right? Every game's got to oh, yeah, finish, so our team's sure. trying to play for penalties when it gets into overtime, or they trying to win. I mean, we're going to bring Brian on here in a minute, but he won the SEC tournament um, a couple of years ago with going into penalties and had a goalkeeper that was super hot and made a ton of ton of saves and um, you know, she got hot at the right time. And, and um, I mean, she made some unbelievable penalty saves she in did. that tournament, but it got them into the final and, and ended up winning it. So um, no, it's that, that brings a whole new, another aspect, right. Into the, the penalty shootouts and those kind of things. I remember us winning at Texas on a penalty shootout, which was, was
1: pretty exciting. But yeah, I think in that, um, that year, Matt, I, I think that year, if I, if I remember right, we, we won an overtime and then we won on two, two games on penalties yeah, in order yeah, to get there. Yeah. In fact, our, our friend Bill might have lost one of those. He might have. He might have.
2: Uh, I, I, uh, I, we'll <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll bring that up. I don't know if I'll bring that up. Anyway, I have a good story about him in uh, the <laughs> conference tournament. Oh, actually, I would, would like to bring up. But okay. uh, anyway, um, all right, well, shall we bring in the uh, too many minutes with the big deal? Yeah, let's bring them on. Brian, welcome back to the show again. It's great to have you on. And week number eight, I think we're on, right, Chris? This is week eight. This is episode nine. Man. Episode nine, sorry. That's episode they're nine. running together. Episode nine. So Brian Lee back on episode nine. Brian, welcome to the show, buddy. Well, if
3: it's if it's episode nine, we've hit the over. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> over was episode two. We survived it. <laughs> you guys but uh, I'll yeah. say this, I always learn something new during the little uh e- entry to the podcast yapping in between you two and i did get a side text from bill who said is it always like this <laughs> i said uh, yeah and it, it doesn't stop
2: thanks uh, for listening bill thanks for tuning in to the other eight but i uh,
3: yeah i uh you know I, I don't know if you guys know this i grew up on military bases uh, my dad was a e9 and Ooh, that's high that's well after 20 years <laughs> compared or so, to three know, yes uh, yeah <laughs> Um, so he was an E9. My sister, you know, did her time in the, at the Naval Academy and, and married to a West Point guy. So a very military type family. And, uh, I've learned so much about the Coast Guard, not just from the years of knowing Matt. I heard about painting the boat. I heard about the saxophone playing and all those things. This is the first time I heard about any military related duties. He did jumping in and saving people's lives. Yeah, Brian. Well, what do you think Delivered, we're doing out there, just know. painting the boat the whole time?
2: Please. Um, the, uh, hey, by the way, your what that your uh, your sister and and um, brother in law. That's very impressive. Navy and West Point. That's that's impressive. That's that's um, pretty good.
3: That's yeah. pretty good. Makes for a fun environment. We have got a nephew. I've got a nephew who's a junior at Navy right now, and oh wow, got a little boy who's probably on the way to one of those. as well so obviously it's a great background and any military background you know you talk about rankings and things like that what a great leadership um opportunity that was for you Matt I mean Chris
2: Chris busts on me but listen I come in I would say this to anybody in high school I wasn't ready to go to college I wasn't mature enough I wasn't ready I wanted you know something different and I went in and it's the best thing I could have ever done it prepared me for life after the military, but the leadership I learned, the all, the discipline, all those kind of things was, I couldn't have never, I would have never gotten, I would have funked out of college at that point. So um, it was absolutely the best decision for me, and I couldn't recommend it to anybody else that's not ready for college.
1: So yeah,
3: anyway, absolutely, I would echo yeah. that. As right, well. yeah. let's well,
1: go, Chris. Well all right, Brian. I wanted to, before we got to the games, I wanted to talk a little bit about the goalkeeping that we've seen over the course of the fall. And, and for me, what, what we see is we see, you know, maybe three levels of goalkeepers, right? I mean, there's, there's the goalkeeper that, you know, can stand on their head and win you the game. So they're saving the ball that they shouldn't save. Right. Uh, They're keeping the ball out of the net and they end up winning you the game because of it. And uh, then to me, there's the goalkeeper that sort of makes the saves they're supposed to make. Um, They don't make great saves, but they don't give up bad goals. And then finally um, there's the goalkeeper that's given up, you know, soft goals. Right. And and those are the three levels that are out there. And from what I've seen um, there aren't a lot of them in that first category, the ones that win your games, you know, maybe Alvarado from TCU comes to mind or, or Matt's goalkeeper, uh, Ashley Orkus is one who comes to mind. Um you know, just, there just aren't that many. Right. And uh, in the middle, you know, there are, there are certainly more. And, you know, there's one that uh, yeah, I want to see a little more from this Claudia Dickey from North Carolina, who, you know, hasn't been tested that much, um, but looks like she could be a good one. And, you know, the, the, the goalkeeper from uh, Arkansas state, I thought was quite good. Megan McClure. I thought, I thought she did quite a good job in, in their tournament. And, and then we saw some games that were just plain lost because of goalkeeping, you know, and and unfortunate for for teams. You know, uh, Auburn lost the game uh, against Alabama um, on a goalkeeping mistake, and with a kid who's done pretty well, and and she certainly made a couple of good saves today against a And M. But you know, those goalkeeping mistakes will kill you. Um, or Sarah Fuller against you know for Vanderbilt against against Matt team, just a you know a ball that went through her hands and and really changed the game. Right, so the goalkeeping is such a huge part of the game, and I, and I think overall the level has been, I'd say maybe below average.
3: I, certainly for the fall season, you know, and and I've spent a good bit of time talking to Megan, our goalkeeper coach at at school, and some of the guys with a goalkeeping history around the country. Hey, why? Because I do think fall two thousand twenty. It's been it's this is the this it's been bad. You know, most years, everyone can accept mistakes with your goalkeepers, but there's just been a glut of them this fall. And, you know, the thing that keeps coming back is perhaps it's a position where you need game reps even more than field players. And in in training, a game environment for a goalkeeper is so much harder to replicate than a field player yeah, and to get those reps live you know to have the so the kids playing this fall they just they just went what nine months without playing a game yeah probably or yeah. if not a full year and you know the rest of us might have a kid who's gone 18 months if we get started in in march from playing a game so i don't think that side of it's going to improve um and then, you know, the second thing, and I think all the college coaches know this, is you go around trying to recruit goalkeepers. It's the, it's the most efficient position, you know, on the recruiting landscape. Um, and it, it affects it. I think it goes all the way to our, our national teams. And maybe even our full national team right now isn't as strong as we'd like to think it should be you know, for a country of our stature that's had the Hope Solos and the Brianna Yeah, historically, we've been
1: really good in the goal. I mean, uh, we've been outstanding in the
3: goal, right? A lot of Category 1s when the World Cup starts. That's right. Um, That's right. But we're not really seeing that on the the college horizon, although I totally agree there's been some great standouts. I mean, TCU's not where they are without Alvarado. The Arkansas State goalkeeper, who's a senior, I'm sure she was somewhat under-recruited because – you know, 13 of the 14 SEC teams would love to have her running sure. the Nets right sure. now. Um, so it, it's certainly a key position. And in tournament time, it's magnified. You know, you talked about Caroline Brockmeyer when uh, LSU re- made their tournament run, and we won two of those games in penalties. And, you know, during the course of the game uh, and, and really over the years, she didn't have to do much. But when we got to in the penalty situation, she was really winning game after game for us. And we don't know who those goalkeepers are right, right now. You know, right. your game performance, the 90 minute performance got very little to do with how you are at stopping penalties.
1: Right. Right. Let's uh, let's talk about some of these leagues and, and where they're at right now. Um, and let's start with the Sunbelt um, tournament championship uh, goes to South Alabama um, and, and the NCAA bid, let's um, two to one uh two to one uh win against arkansas state in in what i thought was quite unfortunate for arkansas state they're ahead um trying to kill off the game uh maybe i don't know 20 minutes left they have a player sitting on a red card i'm sorry sitting on a yellow card and uh she gets tangled up really is all it was feet get tangled the end on the ground she tries to get up and Kind of, I don't even know if she kicks out, but sort of moves her legs to try to get a player off of her, so she can get up and get get going. And the referee pulls the second yellow and and the red. She gets ejected, and and then South Alabama storms from behind in the last ten minutes and and scores a couple. And 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 South Alabama to me looked looked a, a very good team, um, but I, I did feel for for Arkansas State after you know after the red card and making it difficult for him.
3: Well, I thought it was super hard justice for Arkansas State. If you look back at their season, it had been made on uh, defensive numbers, and, and their calling card was not necessarily pretty flowing attacking soccer. It was being stout defensively and super organized and kids committed to the cause. And, you know, over the course of that game, certainly South Alabama is the better, if you want to say quotation mark, team. More talent, pass and move pretty nicely you know, the more attractive playing style, but I thought Arkansas state was doing a a very good job of limiting the chances. And, you know, with their goalkeeper, anything that's not a great chance, they had a good chance to save it. Um, I thought she was outstanding and, and just hard justice to see the second yellow pop that way and then have to hold on with 10 and they almost did it. What did the the equalizer came with maybe five minutes left? Yeah. Um, and then one, once that hit, they they weren't making another 25 minutes on the, whatever no, that was, third left. game in five yeah. days. Yeah. The game was already stretched, and it looked like one of these tournament finals that's played a bunch of games in a few days already. So impossible task at that point, but probably the best team in the league won the tournament, and and a, but a great valiant showing from Arkansas State. I was sure. impressed.
1: Okay, so let's pick uh, our uh, – we'll each pick a player of the year and a coach of the year in the league. So – what do you have for player of the year in the Sunbelts?
3: Well, you know, it, 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 I, I think it's a hard league to pick a player of the year. I think McPartland from South Alabama, set P specialist. Um, English girl's been very good over her career there, and a clear candidate, uh, Lizzie Mayfield, Auburn transfer, we know from up old ODP days, taking her on some regional teams, had a great debut. Um Sedoma up front, scored another senior at Arkansas State, scored a bunch of key goals. But for me, uh, Megan McClure, the goalkeeper at Arkansas State, I thought hey, hey, really that's a goalkeeper who could play in any Power 5 league in the country. I, it's a kid who's improved every year. She's been with them. You know, a 94% save percentage. Um, a a school, .17 goals against average, .12 in the league. You know, those those numbers are fantastic. Uh, so for me, it's Megan McClure.
1: And I can see it. I, I went with McPartland um, because, you know, she scores goals. She scored eight goals in in 14 games. But, you know, she's a ball winner as well. Uh, and you can see her dominate midfield. And and she can dominate different parts of the game. Um, and and I, I did give a, a, a lot of thought to to McClure, but I, I went with McPartland. Uh, and how about uh, for coach of the year?
3: Well, for me, I went with Dooley. You know, really experienced coach. Came into Arkansas State four or five years ago. They've improved every year. Their win mark has improved. Their standing in the league has improved. Um, And, you know, just an outstanding season. They played double round robin within their divisions uh, and they had an unbeaten regular season. And to get that team to the final is super impressive. Obviously, all kudos to South Alabama. That's been the elite team in that league for a long time. But South Alabama supports that program as you know, at a very high level for the league they're in um, and to do it at Arkansas state and kind of develop the program and have this kind of year, Arkansas state's no different than everybody else in that league. And and that's impressive from coach Dooley.
1: Yeah, I had the same uh, Brian Dooley, you know, they're nine, one, and one on the year. They get five goals all year. That's impressive. You know, if you're, if you're, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're if you're not giving up goals, you know your team's organized. Um, you know you're doing a lot of things right. And 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 you know I've always thought Brian was quite a good coach. And, and congratulations to him on a great year.
3: Yeah, clearly yes. It, 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 defending's about organization, right? If, For sure. It, you know, and you can you can coach up less talented kids and take a defensive approach. Very impressive.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right, the Big Twelve where the uh, another uh, NCA bid uh, went out to TCU. Um, with the win against West Virginia, 1-0 win, a really quality goal from Grace, Grace Collins, who was a good player on the night and and caused a lot of problems. Uh, West Virginia had their chances. Uh, but you know what? Uh, West Virginia, I think, for the most part, has struggled to score a little bit. They don't have that one player up front that you can count on uh, for goals, and I think it, it came back to bite them. Uh, TCU... If you guys remember back in the beginning on the on the first the first week we did, I, I was high on TCU. I thought they, you know, they, that it was a year that, you know, they were ready to to really shine and and that they did. And and uh, you know, with still with Yasmeen Ryan not playing the last couple of games, they still managed to win. Um so uh, you know, congratulations to them and and as I said, the the NCAA bid for for the Big Twelve goes to, to TCU.
3: Yeah, very deserved. I was I was looking forward to that game. You know, with the with the short season, conference only play. When the year starts, you don't really know what the big games were going to be, and we were super fortunate that it happened to fall on the last weekend a Big Twelve. So it was a de facto championship game, and to do what they did with you know, Bright didn't play the first couple games of the year, and she was in and out, and losing Yaz. Uh, that, that's a tough blow, especially coming into the West Virginia game. And probably the best player in the league is out and just a great result for those guys.
1: Okay. How about your player of the year in the, in the big 12?
3: Well, for me, it came down to uh, the earlier mentioned Alvarado goalkeeper from TCU, you know, with all their, with Yaz and Messiah bride and Grace Collins and all these good, uh, fantastic attacking players, you could lose sight of her value but on close, expe- uh, close inspection, I actually flipped and went with Brandy Peterson. Um, played every minute of the fall forum. You know, an underrated part of TCU is how good they are defensively in front of Alvarado, who's clearly one of, you know, maybe an All-American goalkeeper when, when those awards come out. Uh, and just very press, impressed with her over the course of the year. And she even chipped in with the game winner in overtime against Oklahoma State when they really needed a goal. And they'd had the earlier draw. So they needed three points from everything at that point. So I'm going to go Peterson. And I went with Alvarado. Um, she gave three goals all year. Um, you know, and,
1: and, and beyond that, she made some fantastic saves over the, over the course of the year. So I, 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 uh, I went with Alvarado, but I think Peterson is a, a good choice as well.
3: Um, how about coach of the year? Well, kind of a slam dunk in it. Easy, right? That's an easy one. (laughs) Easy, you know, eighth, ninth year. And one of the things when a long time ago, when I got to LSU, one of the neighbors said, hey, I'm going to give you some advice. Old guy, you know, at that time, old to me is probably my age now, but said, hey, I'm going to give you some advice. Don't get good very quickly. Take as long as possible, because once you win the league and once (laughs) you're winning trophies, they're going to try and run you out of town as soon as you don't. Yeah. So, the expectations kudos, to Eric. This is Eric perfect. was great. He's yes. gotten better every year over these eight or nine years, and yeah. you know, I thought such a deserved uh, title for them. And you know, his whole staff. Obviously, Higgy's a good coach. His main assistant there, and the two of them make a really good pair. But to take TCU from where they were nine years ago, and you know, to this incremental growth has been so good to see, and. You know, the kids who come out of there tend to have a very positive experience. And what he did losing Yaz and not having Messiah Bright for some games, it just a, a fantastic coaching performance to continue to get results.
1: I agree. Undefeated conference season, you know, they just had the one draw and scored 15, gave up three. I mean, that's just a, a fantastic season. And congratulations to Eric and uh, and, and his whole staff as well.
3: Yeah, and in a really good league with a bunch of really top level coaches. Sure. You know, for me,
1: yeah. Uh, let's move over to uh, to the SEC. Um, some some interesting games and some important games. You know, Tennessee with with a big win um, over South Carolina to clinch to clinch the east uh, the East Division and, and a number two seed. Kind of grinded it out. You know, they they got the goal and. and did a good job of killing the game off and that kind of thing. You know, South Carolina, maybe not as dangerous going forward as as maybe they've been been in the past. So usually South Carolina's the team that's winning 1-0, but, you know, in this one, it was Tennessee getting the 1-0 win.
3: Yeah. Post and Barr was unkind to South Carolina, certainly, uh, at key moments there. But, you know, give it to Tennessee. I didn't see that coming in the preseason, you know. And they took advantage of this quirky... East, West, we only count the East games. We only count the West games. That seems like a great idea on paper. And then when you start to get late in the season, you're trying to add up the points and divisions and all this. It gets a little confusing to me how a 4-3-1 team is carrying away a trophy. But kudos to Penske. I think one of the announcers said at at one point there that what they're trying to do is muck up the game. And it's not his best team. Two years ago, he had an ultra-talented team who would run the game. Yeah. But we, without his best team to come away with a trophy, absolutely fantastic. Good for them.
1: Uh, I wanted to point out a little bit about uh, Florida with two losses on the weekend and, you know, and and Missouri beat them on uh, Sunday, five to two. Missouri scored nine goals in their last two games, really kind of on a run Missouri with two Oh uh, uh, and two in their, in, in their last four games. Uh, but Florida boy, Florida has had a rough year, you know, one win on the year, um, this is, not, this is not the same Florida that we know, you know, and COVID hit them and injuries have hit them, um, but it has been quite a struggle for Florida.
3: It's been brutal, and it's so hard to live in the moment when you're looking at these games and not reflect on 20 years of dominance, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. You know, coming off of Kentucky... If that was anyone else in the league, you would have said they're dead in the water against Missouri, who didn't play on Friday, be fresh, and Missouri's already a fast, physical team. So to have to go in there fatigued. But in all honesty, I don't expect Florida to lose to Missouri ever. The jerseys say Florida, and I've spent 20 years watching them win trophy after trophy. So, you know, what, what happened in the game is that's where those two teams are in that moment. On Sunday, November 5th, 7th, whatever day that was, Missouri can put five past this year's version of Florida. So maybe they regroup. That's a wide open SEC tournament coming up. So I will be anxious to see if the 7, 10 days. I need Dan Rose back, obviously, desperately. Um, And, you know, you bring her back, you might be bringing the best player in the league back. Um, But we'll see.
1: And then uh, a big win for our friend Matt as Ole Miss beats Vanderbilt. Um, Vanderbilt had more of the play in the first half for sure. Um, Matt, with the brilliant halftime speech, got him going. And, uh, you know, second half, Ole Miss started to come on. And Brian, a couple of weeks ago, said it best. The last 10 minutes of an SEC match is, you know, the most exciting 10 minutes in, in our sport. And And here we go. And Matt's group gets one you know, with, uh, I don't know, maybe five minutes left um, and uh, and then gets one in overtime to win and, you know, a fantastic win for for the Ole Miss Rebels.
3: Yeah, it's two in a row. You know, we always talk, the late win against Georgia, same sort of scenario, down a goal late in the game, came back with two late ones, and then to do it again, speaks volumes about the team. And I'm, I'm sure Matt is excited about next week in orange beach. You want to be peaking at the right time. Um, and they certainly seem to be emotionally, physically, organizationally peaking, heading into orange beach. So, um, good for them. Exciting stuff though. You're dead, right? Yeah, it was exciting.
1: What do you got to say about that, Matt? Why don't
2: you, why don't you give us some insight on that? I'd that, I'd I'd be happy to. So, I've known you both now going on 20 years, and clearly that's the nicest thing either one of you've ever said about me or any team that I coach. That was exciting. Um, but we no, got a lot was, of time left
1: Matt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, no, it was a really exciting game. Uh, you know, I think our team was up for it, and I agree with Chris, they kind of you know took it to us a bit in the first, but made good adjustments and um, certainly a very good win for us. and like Brian said, going into the tournament with some momentum. But this tournament is, I agree, is wide open, and um, you know, obviously, the guys again, the double buy is a huge advantage. But it's going to be another fun. I mean, it's always fun with the ten to have fourteen. Is going to be really a crazy tournament and lots of games, and and you know, two two different days where there's four games on the day, so um, it's going to be wild.
1: So let's uh, let's preview that a little bit, Brian. That that SEC tournament, you know, we we've got the two the two games um, on the first day, which are. LSU, Alabama, and then in uh, Florida, uh, which leads into uh, Sunday, which there'll be four games, um, Auburn, Georgia, Vandy, and Mississippi State. Missouri plays the winner of uh, Kentucky and Florida. Ole Miss plays the winner of uh, Alabama and LSU and a and South Carolina, Tennessee, and Arkansas sit back and watch everybody else beat each other up and, you know, wait for them in the, uh, in the quarterfinal.
3: Yeah, the early stage is going to be very interesting. The Alabama-LSU game, 3-3, was the regular season, the big rain delay game where Monsoon hit hit Baton Rouge and Alabama's up 2-0 20 minutes in. It doesn't look like they're going to get the game in. And, and then the best thing that happened for LSU is get the game in. Next thing you know, it's 3-3 a real humdinger and, you know, for Kentucky, Florida to turn around. I don't know the last time Kentucky beat Florida, but now it might only be a week if Florida can rebound and beat them a week later. And, and, you know, to to try and beat Florida, I don't care what the record is two times in eight days. That's a Herculean task. And those four teams have to turn around Sunday and do something that, um, you know, Florida tried to do against Missouri this week and it didn't go so well, play a fresh team two days later. So and they might play Missouri advantage. again if they win. <laughs> and and <laughs> Missouri is way, way, way up there, the teams you don't want to play when you're fatigued. We yeah, all know that. Yeah, all of us yeah. have been there. Um, so, the, you know, big edge to those teams getting getting the tired teams on, on you know, Sunday, but even bigger edge to those four by teams. But they've all got, you know, no one in the SEC has been great this fall. You know, even Arkansas has run the league, but – you know, they're good. Are they great? We'll find out if they can, you know, they've been the bridesmaid quite a few times in this tournament. Is this the one that's going to get them over the edge and uh, A&M looks great at times. And then they'll fade out of a game for a little bit, but they're super talented and hard motivation for Tennessee to come back after winning a trophy, but you're really only four, three, and one. So to think they could run the table on this, that's difficult. And you know south carolina is a team that's always successful in orange Beach, and i do think there's a lot of repetitiveness to that the coaches who can prepare their teams to be ready at this tournament and coach their team through the tournament you do see a lot of the same teams advance year after year so there there is a bit of a a trick to it who's your pick oh gosh roll the dice that's my pick (laughs) you know take out the first eight teams i think that's impossible um I think past that, even looking at the first-day matchups, it's just pick game after pick yeah, game after sure pick them game. And with the level of goalkeeping in the league, you don't have to be the better team on the day. You just need to hang in, hang in, hang in, and get some balls in the six and see where they fall. Um, so, you know, gun to my head, I'm going to roll the dice. You know, gun to my head, I'm going to take yeah. our friend Matt Mott. Sitting over there, his team. There you go. To me too. Me go. too. I got yeah, Matt Mott. Nice. Too. It seems like an easy question. Well, <laughs> I don't want podcast. to say it just because just we enjoy Happy Matt so much better than uh, Grumpy Matt, so but he, he's already going to be Happy Matt after these last two games. That's he so, can't come down from that.
1: All right, let's uh, let's quickly go through uh, just the ACC real quick. Uh, you know, quickly. they play tomorrow. They play tomorrow. So you got uh, Virginia, Louisville, Clemson, Duke. Uh, Florida State, Notre Dame, North, uh, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Florida State, the number one seed. Um, and any game stand out there for you?
3: Well, it starts with me. That could be the NCAA quarterfinals if we ran it after this fall. You know, if you in a sixteen tournament right now, sixteen team tournament right now. Clemson, Duke's an NCAA qualifier for me. Winner gets yes. that large bid in those seventeen. If there's not a winner, yeah, maybe trouble for both. Losers got to play some teams in the spring, but we're all waiting on there's one game that matters, right? Florida State, Notre, uh, Florida right. State, Carolina. Come on, that's please right. make the final. We all want to see that game. So, that's yeah, right. that's it.
1: Okay, great. That should do it, Matt.
2: All right, Brian, thank you very much, as always. Very good. Uh, again, download us, College Soccer Nation, on all your podcast listeners. Brian, thank you very much. Excellent analysis, as always. Let's move on. Have a great night, Brian. Um, See ya. We want we want to bring in our our guest. We sorry we've had him on on hold here for a while, but uh, Bill Hempen again is the current coach at Colorado State. He's uh, he's had a, a really fantastic career. Good friend of the friend of the show, doing great things, starting that program out at Colorado State. But Billy, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Matt and and Chris and Brian and Darren. We appreciate it. And before you go any farther matt i want the the schematic of that set piece that won you that game the other night i mean it was just straight <laughs> straight out of that was just magic oh uh, yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah <laughs> serve it in head it and bounce <laughs> off somebody and go in that's how we did it Yep, yeah. uh it was, it was it was a thing of beauty uh billy first question right out of the chute give us um You know, a little bit of your history, people that maybe aren't familiar with how great a career you've had, but give us a walk through a little bit of how you got in the women's soccer side and then, then, uh, you know, how it's gone for you you all the way up into the – we see the snow in your background uh, there at Colorado State.
0: Um, I'll give you the abbreviated uh, situation here. I uh, was at University of Evansville – Went on to coach at Centenary College in Shreveport, Louisiana, Northeast Louisiana University. I got hooked up with Coach Rennie, who was the men's coach at Duke at the time. And he happened to be the regional coach. And I met Coach Rennie um, at regional camp at TCU. You guys were talking about TCU earlier, much different TCU than it is now. Uh, I interviewed for the job at Billy Bob's in Fort Worth, Texas, for the Duke job, nice. the Duke men's assistant's job, <laughs> and Chuck Berry was playing in concert that night. So that's a, wow. that's a little nice. trivia note. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. And, uh, and John asked if I wanted to come up and be his assistant, a, a volunteer assistant, because his volunteer position opened up, and you guys know who that was. Robbie Church, Mr. Church. So yeah. uh, I jumped in uh, as a volunteer assistant at um, at Duke, um, but and I was very fortunate because my first year, I showed up January of '86, and the men won a, t- a championship in the fall of '86. So I was part of uh, the Duke uh, very first Duke team sport national championship with the men in 1986. Oh wow! Fantastic. Um, from from there, and then now this is a, the how right place, right time kind of a thing, where um, we were doing our massive camps at Duke, and um, John Rennie had a note on his desk to come see his athletic director. So he went and saw the athletic director, and he comes back in and said, hey, we're going to start women's soccer. It's said, oh, good, and he goes, and you're going to be the coach. I said, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that, was, that was that. And um, a couple of years later, um, I was asked by the same AD Tom Butters who had the foresight to hire Mike Krzyzewski and he had, he obviously knew the talent when he saw it.
2: Yeah, And, clearly. He, uh,
0: <laughs> and he, uh, he said, look, you got to make a choice. You have to stay with the men or go with the women full time. Cause I was coaching both for about four seasons. And, you know, actually I talked to Chris about this and, um, decided to, to go have my own program, you know, singularly with, uh, with the women's team and, and his, uh, um, wisdom. He, uh, and we were a lot, we were able to make the, both teams were able to make the final four the next year when I was strictly the women's coach and John was able to hire a full-time assistant on the other side. Um, so I spent good, good years at Duke and then, um, I, I met a Southern California girl that asked if uh, we could get close to family out in Colorado, uh, put us right in between Southern California and St. Louis where I was from, took that job um, and, uh, and and now made the leap to, to start another program in, at Colorado state in Fort Collins. And that's, you it. know,
1: Matt, um, <laughs> my, you know, remember last week, Nikki was telling a story about how we played when she was at West Virginia and, we kind of thrashed her, right? Yeah, she Yes, my it up on first her. game. How about yeah. this? My first game at Notre Dame. First game is against Duke. Bills coaching at Duke. My athletic director, the guy who hired me, his daughter is on the Duke team. Mm. Okay, we play Duke. They beat us nine nothing, <laughs> something like some ridiculous number. I don't right? think it was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was at the after the game. Two things happen after the game. One is my AD says to me you don't have a player who could play on their team. <laughs> I said, yeah, I think you're right. And two, we challenged them so little that Bill took his team out and, like, they did fitness after the game because they weren't <laughs> tired from playing the game. I knew you were is, that true, is that not true, Is that not true? That's true. You
2: know, hold on, though, Chris. I think part of this issue clearly is scheduling. Who schedules their first game ever against Duke? Well that's, that's a terrible schedule by you if
1: you ask me. <laughs> he will have to go see his daughter. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I had any control of that one. Ah, gotcha. Uh, that makes sense. All right, Bill, so you you've had this um I think it's a it's a real good history of sort of building these programs, right? I mean, you started from scratch at uh at Duke. Um you took over a program at at Colorado that had 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 a team for a while but they weren't quite successful until you got there. Um, and now at Colorado State you you take on uh, another challenge that is you know similar in, in building a program. So talk to us a little bit about what goes into sort of starting from scratch and trying to build this thing up.
0: Well, you know I heard Nikki last week and uh, it was uh, man it, it's been a, it's been a challenge. I mean you I, I go in I talk to the athletic director there. And I spent like four hours in the guy's office and this was well before I was hired. Um, he, he, cause he knew of my past and, uh, building a program. He said he took 22 pages of notes. So either I'm full of maloney wow. or there was a lot, there was a lot to go over. And then, you know, I kind of found my way to it. And, and again, referring back to Nikki's experience, it was okay a lot of these programs will will hire a coach and then literally give them a year and a half to recruit so they have somewhere to start. Well, I was hired in February, and they made the decision w- that uh, we're going to go ahead and start in the fall of 2013. So I literally had six months to find it, you know, going on campus and shaking trees and seeing if, you know, tr- had a training session with the club team, see if there was anybody else could play. We literally got our last player, um, like three days before preseason I was at a tournament out in uh where the Rapids play and um the coach came up this kid's going to CSU and she'd be a great addition I said sure I was looking for anybody at that point <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so we started that that preseason with 23 players and you know, like this about four days later we were down to 19 because they were like <laughs> Wait, he wants us to do what? He wants us to run an <laughs> outfit. So, uh, so that first year was was a challenge. But, yeah, it's been piecing it together. It's been a, a big challenge. We played on um, the first season. We played at the Arsenal Soccer Complex um, out, in, out off of Highway 25. And up in Fort Collins and the constant buzz of the highway traffic right there, that was nice. And it's always windy and it's always raining. We played out there. We didn't have a locker room and it's raining. We were playing Air Force and they had driven up in a a high school school or like a yellow bus. And it's uh. pouring out rain, and they're going in a yellow bus. I got nowhere to go. I'm out there to see it. snow and the rain. There we go. <laughs> then, we moved, then we moved on to campus. Uh, there was a field on campus that we used to train, and we got snowed out out at the park. And uh, the boys pushed the field off, and we did the game on our practice field. And we kind of looked at each other. So why are we not doing this all the time? Um, so we ended up playing the rest of our se- season there. And then they moved us again because um, so they built a new football stadium and they moved us into the old practice facility of the football stadium, which is, you know, that's the closest thing to home we've had. So it's been baby steps, uh, seven years of, you know, kind of you know, finding our way, but it's been, it's been good. It's, it's, it's as frustrating as the game can be. It kind of multiplies when you're, you know, well behind the pack, but at the same time, it's just as rewarding. So it's been a fun experience.
2: It's awesome. Um, You know, I I do have to take a minute and just say some of my uh, best moments as a coach, uh, as an assistant for Chris was when we would play Colorado at Texas And, and the matches were such high level soccer because Billy's team has always played such good soccer. We had we Texas, Chris, did a great job of having our teams play really good soccer. So when you got ready to play, it was going to be a tight game. If you lost possession, it was going to take you forever to win it back. But, you know, we're very. I was very fortunate to spend time with these two guys because it's about as best soccer as you can play uh, when when these two guys matched up. So it's, it's fun talking to Billy, and he's done such a good job. But all that being said is for this. Bill used to come to Region Three ODP in Montevallo with the rest of us, <laughs> so it's just kind of funny. Chris was in charge, and he just would bring in all his friends. Yeah, but those that's kids. True. That's yes, true. those kids were so fortunate to work with uh, with with Billy, and you know he had the young guys and, and did such a good job with them. But uh, Bill, how did you? How do you feel about Montevallo in Region Three back in the day?
0: Coming from Colorado, mind you, um, that's like home to me, Matt. <laughs> going going back to Montevello, you know, started there, and then yeah. you know got out of it for a while. And then Chris sure. asked if I wanted to come back, and you no, know, it is fun. Though, know, I mean, that is you know talk about the the grassroots and giving everything you can to a group of kids in an environment that you know in some ways is challenging. But man, you've got them. You know, you yeah. they're they're not gonna be out and about. They're gonna. And I'll tell you what, those girls did such a good job of fighting through storms and changing schedules, and the, yeah. just the oppressive heat of Alabama at that time of year. Uh, I think it made them better people, made them better sure. kids, made them harder kids. Um, I think Region 3 was one of the, oh, the, the groups that really did a, made an incredible effort of keeping ODP relevant. And uh, and I think they've continued to do so. So that experience was was fantastic, and I wouldn't share those moments. A lot of a lot of laughs, uh, a lot of good soccer, a lot of good opportunities to work with some really good kids, and um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And no, it, uh, it's it's almost like a rite of passage, right?
2: As a coach, really, like, it you is. need to spend your time there. But the 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 uh, collaboration that we have with all the different coaches was just so much. I'm with you. It's so enjoyable. And, you know, you you thought, oh, my God, am I really going there? But then when you got there, it was really an enjoyable, always an enjoyable week or so outside of the the top leadership with Chris and Derek was always a, a struggle.
0: The fun part for me was I'd go – then I'd go to the regional events and all the Colorado kids who'd be playing for Region 4, they're going, wait, what are you doing yeah. in the <laughs> room? We stole you. We stole yeah. you. Yeah. Why are you wearing green? <laughs> yeah. Good.
1: All right, Bill, I want to ask you uh, – um, actually I actually want to ask about your kids uh, a little bit, like your son, your son's a goalkeeper um, and you coached him some, right? Yes. So tell us about the experience of coaching your son.
0: Um, it was, it was fun. It's, it's a little different here in Colorado. These kids take their high school soccer way more serious than their club soccer, mm. at least in the area that, that we live. So um, but my players at, at, uh, at CSU always knew I'd always text the whole group I said, look, my son's got a game and I, if you need me, I've got to leave by this time. So I would go to, to watch all of his games and then his high school games. And then, um, then we decided, to, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. Uh, my wife said, you need to coach him. I said, okay. So we had a, a youth team, a boys team that was really fun. It was, I, I felt bad for him. Uh, because I was a bit tougher on those kids and some of the other coaches that they had had. It was kind of a free-for-all, uh, and I tried to have a little bit of discipline with them, but I also tried to make it a, a, as fun as we possibly could. But I tell you what, Chris, that's an experience I would not trade for anything, Having getting to go out in the field and, and see most of his high school activity as you know, it was, was pretty much, a, well, no, it wasn't pretty much, it was a lot of fun. So All I enjoyed it. Right. Great. And then I know your, 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 daughter didn't play, but,
1: um, I do remember seeing a video of you singing with your daughter on stage somewhere.
0: Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that, am I remembering yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. My daughter, uh, she was the artiste of the, of the family, uh, a fan of the arts singing, acting, dancing, all of it. And, uh, she had a, uh, a, a recital and I, I sang with her. Yeah. And I said, yeah. I do, I'm doing this so that at some point in your life, you're going to look at this video and say, Wow, I didn't hate him all, all of my life.
1: <laughs> do you do you what? care to like give us a little bit of your well, song? What song? I am much more of
0: the
2: arts, Billy, than Chris by far. Of Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera, the show tunes, you name it. So please, please, what song and what, what did we sing? It was from
0: Annie. And it cool. was uh, I, I was it. I don't want. I don't like anyone but you. I don't need anything, any anyone but you. Anything but wow. you. What is it, mean? Yeah, yeah. So we had a little right. duet up there. It was good. It's a. That's, it's. You gotta see this video. That, it's a YouTub. It's a YouTube sensation, man. I can't, I can't
2: imagine it's not. I was singing Celine Dion with my daughter the other day. My heart will go on. We're killing it. I mean, it should have been videoed. Maybe that should have sung off. Awesome we should. I like it. I like it. Uh, that's, that's awesome, Billy. Good for you. Um, okay, hey, Billy. Hey,
0: hold on, boys. I got yeah. one more. Yeah, yeah please. My, my daughter sang the national anthem at one of my games when I was at CU, and she was like five and a half, and I was like, are you sure you want to do I just didn't want her to stop in the middle of it. So I had one of my players who had sung before stand next to her. And she's this little five and a half year old jumping around. And then I'm like, and I'm going, Oh my goodness. And they, they handed her a microphone. And it was like, she was on and she was incredible at five and a half. Five and, and then, a half. Uh, yeah, And it was, it was beautiful. And then uh, last year, my, my 60th, or, I shouldn't say that my 60th birthday <laughs> present was her Actually recording it again, and we uh, use it at, at CSU. Oh, that's, oh, awesome. that's cool. That, so is, been, that uh, is so cool. So yeah, it that, brings yeah. tears to my wife's eyes when she comes to the game and hears her daughter's voice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wonder how, when she's five out. How did you focus on the game after that? That
0: that is that's unbelievable. The the coach for the other team gave gave her five bucks. He said, "I'm going to give her five bucks because I know you're not going <laughs> to give her anything." <laughs> I mean, the, the kids, the kids were over the moon. The, the, the team was yeah. like, Oh my gosh, if, if that little kid can do that, we can go out and play hard soccer. So it was yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that is, that's really cool.
2: Yeah. Uh, so give us a few minutes, Billy, um, here on CSU and the school and, and your, uh, you know, your thoughts and, 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 and you know, ideas and, and everything kind of how you feel about CSU and, and why it's such a great place. Great place.
0: Good. <laughs> um, Man, I'll tell you what, it's, uh, if you like the outdoors, Colorado is, you know, I'm thankful for what our kids got to grow up with around them toward Collins is no different. Uh, I think a lot of the kids that we attract are kids that want, you know, look for that kind of environment, look for the, the hiking, the hunting, it's not the hunting, the hiking, the, 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 uh, the biking, uh, just the overall um, accessibility of the outdoors. And, you know, we encourage them to, to, to hike. We encourage encourage them to get on their bikes and ride the many trails. And it's so it's it's such a wonderful place to to uh, explore the outdoors. You know, you, you've got the snow in the background today, but it's going to be sixty degrees tomorrow. So and the sun's going to be out, and everybody's going to be outside in t-shirt and shorts. And um, yeah, so it's a the, and the quality of the of the university itself. I think it really is kind of one of those hidden gems out there um, it, they're they're in the mix with uh, finding a, a a vaccine for for this covid virus um, you know that's a, it's a great veterinary school it's one of the top veterinary schools so it's it's all across the board what what is offered here Colorado and fort Collins is one of the more fun places to be in the summer there's something going wrong going on in downtown Fort Collins almost. Every night, uh, a street's blocked off, but uh, they have a, a new West Fest that goes on for, well, in, in normal times, it goes on for like 10 days downtown. In the, in the winter, they've just lit up downtown Fort Collins. It's absolutely beautiful. So there's so much to attract us, not only the university, but the town itself and the university has been really good to me. I think they've done a really, really good job because I think we all run into this a little bit of making athletics understand how important athletics are and making athletics understand how important academics are and how the two can can bring uh, a community together and uh, and really prosper from that from that marriage. That's awesome. Awesome. Chris, any final thoughts on Bill? No, no.
1: Outstanding, Bill. Really appreciate your time. this will not be your last appearance on college no, nation. No. We'll be back
0: <laughs> boys. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it.
2: We're sorry, Thanks. Brian took so long in that second segment, <laughs> but, uh, you were, uh, you're fantastic. Not surprising. Always so much fun to talk with you, Billy. Thanks guys. All right. See you both. Okay. Take care, Bye. Billy. Bye. All right, All Chris, right you gotta keep rolling, right? Yeah. Big night tonight on the, uh, Power Five? Uh, oh no, sorry, we're going
1: big games first. Yes, I think yeah, that's going to be quick. Um yeah. that, that'll be quick. I mean, for me, like we're all waiting for this North Carolina Florida State showdown. You know, assuming that that you know they get through their you know their two games before it. But you know, if you ask what we're looking forward to this week, for me, it's it's that one game. We we want to see that one match. Sure, absolutely should be a should be a great one,
2: and maybe a preview for things to come down the road national championship yeah absolutely absolutely all right let's uh let's go through it here we got tonight's uh tonight's uh, topic is power five military movies so uh, there's so many honorable mentions chris i don't even know where to begin um and and i'm excited about this list I'm, i'm hoping ours are different because there's so many good good ones but i'm gonna let you start off with it you know as uh as i'm a polite guy so why don't you go ahead and hit us with number five
1: Number five, Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, Did you hear me?
2: Hello? Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I don't know it. I don't think I've ever watched it. so I have Wait, no what?
1: Robin Williams? No? That's, that's
2: way too old for me. I got to be honest. I feel like I watched it when I was really young. Don't really remember it very well. So fine, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right, my number five, much more current, like I am younger, current, The Lone Survivor.
1: Um, the book was outstanding The book was good The movie was good, good too was
2: Marcus good. and yeah. You know the Afghanistan They got saved by the mountain people And it was yeah. great Great movie Very, yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Very powerful Very yeah. powerful Alright fine Your number four The Deer Hunter Again I haven't seen it
1: I have no problem. Well, not like just because you're not, you know, I've heard of you're it. not up on on good movies doesn't mean uh, you know they're not Again, good. Again, what year did that come out? Nineteen sixty-two. Yeah, you asked. Wait, what? No. What? The no. Deer Hunter. Yeah, this was probably the eighties.
2: I was young in the eighties, Chris. I wasn't watching The Deer Hunter. Was rated R. The <laughs> rated R probably <laughs> means you get to watch it. All right, my number four. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket.
1: That came out about
2: the same time. <laughs> <laughs> It's been played a lot more times. <laughs> you know, you got you got a, a, a good movie. It is a good movie. It's a good movie. All right. Three for you. This is more current. You'll like it because it's current. Dunkirk. I did see Dunkirk. You know, that again, a lot of honorable mentions, but that was powerful. Very good. I thought it was very good. Yeah, no, you're doing well so far, Chris. I've got a good, I got a good number three to throw at you. I can't wait. I can't How wait. How about a little
1: <laughs> few good men? I'm not surprised at all on that one. You quote it all the time. I do. Um, I do. Good movie. Good. Yeah. Here's the problem with the, all of these are good movies. All yeah, exactly. Movies. It's, yeah. it's hard to argue with. But, but you'll screw it you at some point. You'll, you'll uh, put yeah, something
2: we'll in there. We'll see. All right, number two for you. Blackhawk Down. No, 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 no. no. It's not top five. It's certainly not two. What? By any stretch, it's good, but it is not reach number. We're talking about military movies of all time. Black Hawk Down. If it's on, I may stop. I may not. Few Good Men. If it's on,
1: I'm stopping every single time. No, not me. It's, not me. No, it, not me. It, it, it These guys fight much. their way through the street. I mean, it, you know what they go through is incredible. Right, like bunch of their bunch of their guys get killed. I mean, it is. But a lot it is, intense. is slow. A lot of it's intense. slow. That yeah, no, a lot of it's movie. slow. No. And, and you
2: don't know what's going to happen. I, I like it. Fine, but it doesn't. Number two, no chance in hell. My number two, which that won is. a ton of Academy Awards, Schindler's List. Yeah, it, it is a good movie. Schindler's it List is, is a good thing, right? Yes. You know what's good about Schindler's List? The the uh, Seinfeld part where Jerry's with his girlfriend making out in Schindler's yeah, List. <laughs>
1: yeah, That is. But movie. that's a
2: great movie. I won a bunch of awards. I'm
1: yeah. Yep. I was going to put that this. on there and I figured if I did, you'd tell me it was too old or something like that. And no, no. So powerful. I, I powerful, Chris powerful. Skipped, yeah. All right. You're number one. Here we go. Drum roll, please.
2: Saving private Ryan. Again, here we go with Mr. Um, what, what is it called? Like you're, you're too uh, mainstream. Everybody, everybody talks saving private. Ryan. Everybody so would agree with me is what you're
3: saying. Everybody <laughs> no, would agree with me. No,
2: I would say that's just such an easy pick. So I, I really wanted to have two, but I'm just going to go with the one for my number one and saving private. Ryan's a great movie for sure. My number one, clearly the best military movie of all time. The
1: guardian. Oh God, you just lost again. <laughs> You
2: Kevin, Kevin Costner, Kevin you Costner, he's uh, rescued s-
1: s- Seven people saw the movie.
2: Okay, please, please, <laughs> please. 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 It fan- it's fantastic. It, it, you know, it, it just hits a lot of spots for me, Chris. Yeah, well, for, for you, spots. it does. It, it, so ahead, you, producer, it that's does. my list. I mean,
1: it, it's ahead. immediately disqualified because Ashton Kutcher, isn't it?
2: That's yeah, true. No, he's good in it. He's good in it. No, no, it's, I mean, it's a I, powerful, well, again, powerful movie. Again, I went through a lot of that same training, so I, I can relate to what it was. Yeah, so I really, you told
1: me you again, trained for list. one weekend.
2: Was there a the lot of bolt Payton
1: on that movie? <laughs> there was a lot of bolt
2: painting. Just curious. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it was, uh, thank you very much. But The Guardian is a fantastic movie. And I think, again, let's just go through them. Give me your five through
1: one. Just read them off. Starting with five? Yeah. Good Morning Vietnam, The Deer Hunter, Dunkirk, Black Hawk Down, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, that's, it's a, very, very, that's very, very,
2: very, very average, average. Uh, Mine. Lone Survivor, Full Metal Jacket, Few Good Men, Schindler's List, and The Guardian. That, that's, those two lists show so, exactly who again, we are, though. The well, difference we, between you
1: we, and I. I <laughs> <laughs> <is that laughs> you really will see. Again, Mark yeah, and Linda Kikorian, they, they'll give they'll us their vote. Yeah, uh, sure. uh, they, but again, you, they always go with you because, you know... They don't, they don't always, they don't, they Mostly. went with you one time. I mean, we,
2: we've had yeah, they nine episodes. They've went with you one game or two. One. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Masters picks this week instead
1: of Yankees. Yes. You want my got, pick? Yeah. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau. I had to go with the hometown guy who's also hitting it further than anybody else and He's kind of a quirky dude, right? Yeah, um, yeah so he's, he's got a chance to win.
2: Well, length is very important at Augusta. I've been there a few times. It's it's a fantastic golf course. It's my favorite tournament of the year, which most people are. I'm going to go with Dustin Johnson.
1: He's due to win. He hits it long too. He puts great. Good player. Oh, sure. No, you talk about like main, Mr. Mainstream. You just picked the number one ranked guy in the world. Okay. You picked so. the odds-on
2: favorite of the tournament. So let's keep it real. Actually, because well, right, Vegas moving. knows what I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you looked it right yeah. up. All right, barbecue recipe this week, very simple. Again, I'm going to cut a meat this week instead of recipe, picanha. It's a great cut. If you've ever been to Fogo de Chao or Texas Day Brazil, it's typically their their main cut. Um, what I would do is cook it to the temperature you want, and then you want to slice kind of the, the – or you want to sear it. At the top, cut off the sear, sear it again, cut off the sear, sear it again as you kind of whittle it down. Put a little bark on it. It's really, really good. Uh, But picanha, our our local LB's meat market, has really good cuts of it. So I do it every so often. It's very, very delicious, very flavorful, great cut of meat. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Anything else, Chris? I think that's it, Matt. Let's wrap it up. We're off to the conference tournament this Friday. Looking forward to it. Um, Should be a fun week. Uh, We're hoping the hurricane doesn't hit. That's getting a little dangerous too. But listen, uh, go ahead and download Cyber Guy podcast. Darren Mott's our producer. He he produces Cyber Guy. Um, Great podcast. Do that. Again, College Soccer Nation, anywhere you want. Apple. um, Please download it. Apple, iTunes, Podbean, Safari, Spotify, any of those kind of things. Please download it. Give us a five-star rating. We'll be back next week better than ever. Enjoy Chris. Great episode. Yeah, I loved it. Loved it.
1: If you have questions for Coach Petricelli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at Chris at CollegeSoccerNation.com or Matt at CollegeSoccerNation.com. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and produced by Darren Mott.